We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I am your guest host tonight, Scott Kennedy. Many of you know me from Broncos for Breakfast. Uh, We'll be doing Broncos for Dinner with this guy over here, Zach, this guy over here, Zach Kelberman. He's He's a more familiar face to the evening crowd here, so... Uh, appreciate Chad for letting me pinch hit tonight and come in, bring in the lefty. I guess that's more of a, a pinch, a pinch, uh, relief pitcher. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to spit out. But Zach, how are you doing tonight? I am a little fatigued because we're days away from the draft, Scott, and it's not here yet. And it's like, okay, let's get it over with already. I'm tired of the rumors, tired of the speculation, tired of who's going to go to Denver and who's not. I want to see it play out and uh, we'll have some resolution, thankfully, in a few days. I think I wrote today about another quarterback scenario with a different team, the phrase mercifully coming to an end. Yes. 100%. The speculation and all of this stuff that's been going on since Halloween will mercifully come to an end in just a few days. Uh, it's not quite like that with the Broncos. I mean, you don't really s- speculate with as much intensity over third round guys. You know, it, when your top picks are 67 and 68, it's like, who are they going to take? Oh my God, I can't wait. I can't mm. wait. It's a little different. Um, but you know, we've been saying for months now that, and we've been going through lists and lists of names that you can still get some really good players in that spot. And I know you had a story today about draft guys coming up of a quarterback that the Denver Broncos have been linked to from Purdue university, the Boilermakers, some good guys coming out of there. Now we'll just go ahead and say, you know, the Drew Brees connection, of course. Um, but what do you know? What I know, you know, cause you had the story. So let's, let's kick that off right here and then we'll dive into the chat a little bit. Yeah, so according to Peter King, he tucked this nugget away in his uh, column today. The Broncos are expected to sniff around Aiden O'Connell, the Purdue quarterback, like Scott just said. Um, He's a late, you know, mid to late round prospect. I've seen grades varying from four to five to six, but the Broncos are expected to show interest. He's 6'3", and two, I think 214, 215, two-time second team, all Big Ten for what that's worth. He had uh, about 9,200 yards, 65 touchdowns, 30 picks in 30 games. He's a developmental type, Scott. Not going to ever overtake Russell Wilson for QB1 duties, but someone that Sean Payton can handpick and mold in his vision. It says to me that maybe Jared Stidham isn't so comfortable as the locked-in QB2. 
Yeah, <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, you need another one no matter what. So are you talking Jarrett Guarantano? So when you start asking the questions, could this be an upgrade on him? I think, I think Stidham's pretty safe as your number two right now. Your number three that you're going to be bouncing in and off the active roster is Jarrett Guarantano. Assuming, you know, that's, that's going to stick. But you're, when you're living in that world, you're never safe. You know, how many, who was a kid last year that played for 14 different teams? Oh, Josh Johnson, the legend. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tough, there's worse lives to have him. He's not there digging ditches, but you know, it's a tough life to try and have a family and get settled and kids when you're bouncing around 14 different teams in 14 years, that kind of might be the life that Jared Guarantano has. Um, so you ask yourself the question, is this guy better than him? And I haven't watched. I can look at the numbers. You know, he had a had really good career at Purdue. Uh, some of the things I, I like to look at are completion percentage, which was high. In 2021, it was 71.6. And I also like to look at touchdown to interception ratio, which wasn't that great, to be honest with you, Zach. Last year, it was 22 to 13. So less than two to one touchdown to interception ratio for a NFL level quarterback playing in today's game. I'd like to see those numbers a little bit higher, but again, there's extenuating circumstances there. I don't know all the story. I'm not going to pretend that I do, but if I'm asking questions, my question is, is this guy better than Guarantano? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I'll say the quiet part out loud. A lot of people are probably wondering who the hell is Jared Guarantano, and he's a holdover from the previous coaching staff. I think he signed a uh, futures contract. But yeah, Scott's right. Temporarily, he's the number three quarterback, but most teams typically carry only two nowadays on the 53. So you figure Russell Wilson's safe. I think you're right as well. Jared Stidham's safe. It's going to come down to the last spot for maybe practice squad or long-term backup development. I look at um, O'Connell a lot like, not Drew Brees, same school, but a lot like Chase Daniel, where maybe not a high-end starter, but a high-end backup that it will be cost-controlled, young, and like I said, you can develop him in Sean Payton's vision.
Yeah, if you can if you can get a nice backup, you can make a lot of money and not take the beating. That's not a bad right. job. They say it's the best best job in the world is backup quarterback in the mm-hmm. NFL, especially if you can do it for one team for several years. Like I said, having that job where you're bouncing around every year can be kind of tough. Now that the chat's opened up a little bit, the numbers are starting to climb. Let's say hello to some folks coming in, like Dylan Von Arks is a sub Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all those platforms and subscribe if you have not already. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. We're knocking on the door of twenty thousand subscribers to Mile High Huddle. So those are that's going to be a big number. I, I expect to hit it here in the next month or so if things keep going because of help from guys like you. Jetty Splash coming in says I'm exhausted from all this trade and draft talk. Plus the past couple of years memories, plus my all-out blitz on a low-carb diet. Man, the the diet will get you more than anything. Someone actually called me out on this. It may have been Roderick or somebody. Was your coffee not strong enough? And he, I was like, dude, you nailed it. I actually kind of gave up caffeine for like two weeks. It was hell. It was hell. Couldn't do it. Um, I had to make some apologies. I had to call up and apologize to some of my friends that I was not very nice to and say, hey, listen, I'm sorry I was a an a-hole you're right i i was so apologies that'll get you so god bless you jetty um stay healthy my friend stay healthy david McElrath coming in coming in green the icebreaker getting us broken uh on super chats thank you sir he says good evening uh chad zach dylan and deacon scott buckham times two mhh for life and denver broncos for life buckham right back at you dude so appreciate it david good to see you again tonight and tanner hulse coming in Coming in orange, Broncos orange. Thank you, so Just stopping in uh, before the show to show some love. Well, thank you. Miss being able to catch live, but always watching on my way home from work. Well, Tanner, if you have any questions that you burning do- desires, topics, or anything, make sure you leave them in the comment section after the fact. And that goes for anybody listening. We get more views on demand on YouTube than we do live. So leave a comment. We're happy to ask any questions or to answer any questions or to... You know, maybe if we didn't quite say something the way we wanted to, it's it's nice to be able to think about it a little bit longer and give you a written answer to try and explain ourselves or or whatnot after the fact, Zach. I'm just thinking about how you quit coffee for two weeks. I literally <laughs> could not do it. You guys wouldn't like me as a podcaster, as a writer, anything. Uh, that's something that I depend upon. But going back to Jetty, years ago when I was like in high school, I did the uh, Atkins diet, and I believe that's low carb, and it's a fad diet for a reason. The name is in the the name fad because when I stopped and I ate normally, I put all that weight back on and, and twice as much. So I would suggest I'm not a nutritional expert, but calories in calories out. Jenny, don't kill yourself. Don't go overboard. Everything in moderation. I think you'll be okay. Yes, so just be healthy. Moderations. Ugh, the food's the hard part for me. You know, I've, I've, a lot of you know I, I I was a I haven't had a drink in 25 years. I was very addictive personality, and you can't just give up food. You know I can go cold turkey on a lot of things. I can quit caffeine. I didn't enjoy it, but I can. I quit nicotine. I can quit alcohol, but you can't quit food. So once you start, you're like, oh, right, I'll, I'll eat. Well, now I'm just going to keep eating until I'm just freaking stuffed and I've overeaten. It's hard. It's hard. I'm a, I'm a snacker too. That, that's my biggest problem is like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a grazer, not really a big meal eater. So eating little things throughout the day always kills me. Well, and it's even harder in this career where you're working out of the house a lot. Exactly. And there's always food around. It's tough. So God bless you. Be safe out there, Jetty. Um, let me see. William Catalano comes in. He says, I kind of shut off around this time, especially after the draft, all the news stories get obnoxious and 80% of them aren't even true. So I'm not directing this towards MHH. It's their job too. 
and we'll we hit on those type of things, you know, and and uh, we, we but we try to acknowledge it. That's what's nice about this platform. You know, I'll, I'll throw up a clickbait article and yeah, and I'll admit, yeah, this is a little clickbaity. I know, but this is what I actually think. You know, got an article about this a trade rumor that's going around from Bleacher Report. Is it going to happen? No, but we'll tell you why or why not. But this mm-hmm. is what people are talking about. And thank you for clicking on it. <laughs> it helps pay the bills and keep the lights on. That's exactly it. I think it's an ugly truth to the profession. We might not want to cover it, but we kind of have to cover it, especially if it's in a dead period like now. Any news would suffice. And it's kind of our job to talk about it and uh, break it down, like Scott said. So let me come in through and say hello to some more folks that are coming in. Uh, Adam Strace of What's Up Bronco Maniacs. Dominic Martin coming in. So hello, my entire MHH family. That's all, y'all. Uh, I saw some Hayden O'Connell highlights, and I like his play style. Thanks for the article, Zach. Uh, hello, Chad and Scott and Scout Kennedy. That's me. I go by. Uh, I worked for Scout.com for like 15 years, and it just worked. I was there before Twitter existed. So, uh, Scout Kennedy is a social media handle. Just just kind of works. So appreciate you being here, Dominic. Uh, as we have opened up the Facebook pages, want to say hello to some folks on Facebook too. Uh, Michael Rankio coming up with some stars. His good evening, Scott. Uh, Zach and Scott on the Mile Huddle podcast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Want to say hello to Amy and Ernie as well. Broncos country only. Todd seems to be happy, I would think. Oh, oh wow, Zach and Scott tonight. We haven't done this in a while, Zach. I was thinking about it. We there was a while there where it was me and you, like you know, twice a week for a month. But we haven't we haven't been on together in a while. And we're picking up right where we left off, man. It's always a seamless transition, so I'm happy that, you know, Taw's entered. I think he's entertained. I think he's happy by this. I'll assume so. Yeah, the, the numbers are they're all going up. There's not a lot of, oh, not that guy again. So um, <laughs> Adam Strange, he has a question. He said, what position has the thinnest depth? depth. I'll let you hit this one first. I think it has to be – that's the first thing that came to mind when you only have Greg Dulcich, Albert O, who's – does he really even exist? And uh, Chris Manhurts, who's a blocking tight end. That's pretty thin to me. And the Broncos, uh, Scott, haven't called you Chad yet, have worked out a ton on pre-draft visits, a lot of tight ends, including one at uh, Purdue. What's his name? Durham? Payne Durham? Payne Durham. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting prospect as well. So I'm going to go with tight end. Would you disagree or agree? Um, no, I think that's a good one. In fact, uh, on our mock draft this morning on Broncos for breakfast, uh, Nick took a tight end with the first pick. There you go. So he took the Iowa tight end who could be sneaking up into the second round and got good value there. Um, you want to say center is not all that thin. It's just not very good. (laughs) You know, I've got two players there that are about equal, but I don't really like either one of them. I mean, that's kind of an easy one. Offensive tackle. When you talk about thin, you're like, okay, what would one injury do to this team? Offensive tackle, that's a little scary. Uh, if you've got McGlinchey and Garrett Bowles after that, not great. Um, a sneaky one. If you go tight end, I'll go another position of that's not really considered a, a value. I don't know how deep safety is, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, Zach. I know we talk a lot about, and, 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 you, and you and Chad talk a lot about, about Caden Stearns, almost penciling him in like he's just okay. And I'm not okay with that. I mean, he's got five starts in his career and he's coming off a big injury. He hasn't got enough of a sample size for me where I can just put his name on a lineup card and feel good about it. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to get there if I'm going to get anything based on the the past. Damari Mathis has played twice as many snaps as Caden Stearns to this point in his career. So that's a big question mark for me is safety. But that was a great question, Adam. Appreciate it. 
Now, you are 100% right about Caden Stearns, a lot of uh, unrealized potential. I'm just personally so hyped on what he can do based on the limited sample size that we've uh, gotten from him. But you're right, that hip injury could be a, a career-threatening thing. Hopefully it's not, though. I could also add on, you mentioned Amari Mathis, cornerback. Because after Sertan, Mathis, K1 Williams, who do you really have back there? Asang Bassey and Jaquan McMillian. So I think the secondary as a whole is pretty thin. And we have to like force rank these things because the running back position is not overly deep. If Javante Williams isn't there, we've been talking about needing a player there. Um, you talk about the wide receiver room. You really only had two receivers last year that you could count on. And they battled some injuries as well. So depth isn't overly strong right now. Ironically, one of the deepest positions is probably also one where you could use another body is edge. Edge might be the deepest position as far as players that you have that you can line up and go with. But um, your quarterback position is actually fairly deep now too. Jarrett Stidham is a mm-hmm. is a good as a is a good number two. I feel a lot better about him going in and playing than I did last year um, with the guys that you had. I just realized how freaking top heavy the Broncos roster is, though. Like they're pretty good starter wise, but they need help at a lot of areas. Yeah, like man. I said, you start doing it, you really got to force rank it. And, and uh, wanted to say hello to Patrick out in out in Hawaii. He says aloha, aloha to you. But Nash says, just the the other side of this. I think the team is thinnest at edge. I may be paranoid, but I feel like we're wasting a solid secondary with a mediocre pass rush. And again, for me, it's. The, how much is there a drop off from your from your starters to your to your second team? That's kind of what I think about when I think about mm-hmm. the depth. And you've got a lot of adequate mediocre might be exactly the word there, Naj. If if Randy Gregory should be an alpha, he can be a legit number one. But if he's not, then you've got a bunch of guys. But you've got several of them from Jacob Martin, guys you don't necessarily think about, Jonathan Cooper. Um, you know, Baron Browning, Randy Gregory, there's four guys right there that can play in this league. So while you're not over the moon about any of those four, you're because of varying reasons. It could be health, could be talent, could be production. There's several of them there that can, that can play. How was Jacob Martin still on the roster? I don't understand I don't that. He has like a $4 million cap hit. He was a throw in last year after the Bradley Chubb trade. I don't understand that, but You know, maybe I'm a little contrarian. I don't see edge as a glaring need, like they have to take an edge player in the third round. When you lose Bradley Chubb, you lose Randy Gregory, your pass rush is going to fall off. And I think I give that as a whole a big incomplete. Gregory has problems staying healthy, staying out of trouble. We understand that. But when he's on the field, he is dominant, in my opinion. He is alpha. And we saw that. Baron Browning, he has a lot of uh, ceiling left to go. I think he could be a starter. Jonathan Cooper is a capable, you need a couple of players in there, but it's not like a DEFCON one situation in my book. Yeah, I agree. As far as depth, I actually think the depth is okay at edge compared to, you know, we just started rattling off all these other positions, Um, running back, receiver, corner, safety, tight end. How about interior defensive linemen? You know, there's the the depth isn't great. I mean, there's not a ton of depth across the NFL. I mean, that they, it's, it's, they force these teams to it's forced parity with the salary cap and rewarding rewards for losing games and those type of things. They do that on purpose. So you can't just keep stacking up players after players and they go to different places. So there's not really, there's not great depth anywhere, but some places are a little scarier than others. Michaela Israel coming in with a super sticker. Thank you very much. Appreciate you being here tonight and Naj coming in today. 
Um, we hit you once. We're going to hit you again. Um, Naj, and you, great Naj. job, by the way. I didn't get to talk to yeah. you after the fact. You were awesome on the show on your superstar segment last Thursday night. So thanks for being here and, and thanks for, uh, you know, being a big part of this community. It says, Hey brother, who's happier today? Rogers Hackett of the Jets fans. I think this is the trade, uh, George Payton wanted and thought he would get when he hired Hackett. Uh, I'm so over this conversation already. I mean, Hackett's long gone. Rogers doesn't play for Denver. Obviously they have their quarterback. I'm happy the whole saga is over, Scott. I mean, I think both teams won. The, the Jets were a quarterback away from really competing and the Packers got way more than I thought they would. Basically two first round picks and a second round pick for an aging quarterback who might have a year or two tops left uh, as a, you know, elite level starter. So I think everyone's happier here, but I'm not going to be rooting for much of Hackett's success in the fall, especially when they come to Denver later this year. Who I think it's a combination between the Jets fans and the Green Bay Packers fans are both really happy for Rodgers and Hackett. It's a job and they're hedging their emo- they're, They won't get nearly as emotional. So to answer your question, literally Aaron Rodgers will be happy to have a fresh start. Hackett is coming off a disaster and he'll be relieved uh, and he'll be happy to work with him again. But as far as jubilation, who's the happiest, the fans, the fans, are the happiest Green Bay Packers fans were ready to move on and they got a nice return yeah. uh, f- for that trade. And the Jets fans are thinking, Hey, we've got a, a great quarterback coming in and they were a pretty good team last year. And their quarterback play was horrendous um, at times last year. So they got a, a major upgrade, major upgrade to, uh, to what they had last year. And, you know, the questions will start coming around. Can this help salvage Zach Wilson? I don't know. I don't care. I'll be interested in watching uh, Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform next year. Yeah, I think you're right. Jets fans, they haven't seen a title since man walked on the moon with uh, Joe Willie Namath, and uh, they're excited to hopefully get back there. Um, no way. I, I think Rodgers is happy. on the moon. I think Rodgers is happy <laughs> now, Scott, but until he meets that New York media for the first time, then there might not be enough psychedelics in the world to numb that pain. You know, but he's old enough, and the I don't give a rat's behind anymore about him that you know it's not like he's gonna be overwhelmed like a 25 year old coming in there i'll just be like whatever dude i'm really rich and have had a great career rogers and if you don't like it i don't care (laughs) (laughs) it might be perfect for it you might be perfect for it it'll drive the it'll drive the self-important new york media bananas which will be i'm here for that same Zach Powers said, as a BFP listener, I could tell Scott took a, a week, few weeks off from coffee. Yeah, there's certain things that get me going, and I was really getting going the other day, last week. Um, but Phil comes in with some stars, one of our superstar supporters for sure over on Thank Facebook. You, says, evening, Zach and Scott, been reading that we are looking at Jack Coletto. What's the story on this guy? Zach, are those crickets? Is where are those clicking keyboards? <laughs> uh, He's I, a linebacker and a fullback for Oregon State. I, I think if you know if you've the Broncos signed a fullback number one, Michael Burton, they don't have a need there. I think he's. I assume he's going to play linebacker at the next level, but inside linebacker is that a you know we didn't we didn't talk about that Scott. Is that a glaring need for the Broncos? Is that a thin? Not really. You can get by on who you have there. So it all comes down, Phil, to how the board breaks, what players are still left when Coletto's on the board. And if he's BPA, then he's BPA. 6'3", quarterback, linebacker. Um, so is this, I mean, 
is this legit or is this just the hey who who's going to play Taysom Hill in this offense because if they did it one place you've got to do the exact same things yeah. at the other place it, it, that's what it feels like um feels like to me but uh you know just looking at stats rushing 400 yards career rushing um quarterback to linebacker boy that is interesting though um I like it I do like it played 12 games um scoring I don't even see defensive defense and fumbles tackles 27 tackles last year you know fullback possibly maybe um but a UDFA maybe an undrafted free agent I don't think you're using a, a draft pick on him if he comes in maybe he's, he's interesting but to me it sounds like someone trying to connect dots and saying who's going to be the Taysom Hill in this uh in this offense because you, you can't run a Sean Payton offense unless you've got one of those so I don't know What's, that one's kind of out of left field I'm I'm sensing sarcasm, and I if if so, I agree with you because they don't need a Taysom Hill. It's been such a popular talking point, you know, who the Broncos going to draft to be the next Taysom. They don't need that. Sean Payton was trying to overcompensate for a declining Drew Brees, and then in the post Drew Brees era to try to move the ball. No different than the Wildcat offense with uh, Ronnie Brown back in the day with the Miami Dolphins. You just constantly evolve, but you don't need a Taysom Hill. I think the Broncos with a traditional offense and traditional players will be just fine. Yeah, and, and the, you're pigeonholing him in because you made a mistake in paying so much money to Taysom Hill. Good Lord, he got what a contract that was. It's like 120 he, mil, wasn't it? He was getting QB1 money, you know, and it, anyway, we'll move on. This isn't a Saint. I don't want Ernie to come after me. Broncos country only. <laughs> you know who I wouldn't mind coming after me, though, is Michaela. Is, uh, but she, comes, she jokes, this Eater's Anonymous. She says, hello, I'm Michaela and love food. Hello, Michaela. Welcome. Thanks for sharing. How about anybody been in one of those meetings might get that joke. Uh, how about the Aaron Rodgers trade? Why wouldn't the Packers accept ours last year? It was much more than they got now. We don't know that for sure. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't know exactly what they were, what was offered. Now, did the Broncos send more to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson than, than, than what the Packers got from the Jets? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it's conditional. Some of it's conditional based on how long he plays. The Broncos traded first, two firsts and a second. Two firsts, two firsts and a second. But it wasn't two firsts and a second because it and was three a swap. players. It was a swap. This year swap 15 and 13. So it was just a first and a second, and then maybe some change in there. I thought the second next year becomes a first if he plays like 65% of snaps. Right. Or so like it wasn't as much it, there wasn't just two strata first because they got a first back because they just swapped places. They swapped 15 and 13. I think so, the Broncos give up more. They give up players. The Broncos sent a much bigger package to the Seahawks, than, but there's a six or seven year age difference there is, sure. is one of the things, Michaela. And that's that's the big one for me. Um, so, um, but why didn't they accept it? Maybe they weren't ready. Maybe he wasn't ready. And Bingo. I don't know. You know, that, that would be some, hopefully that will come out because about the only place we're really going to hear that is from Aaron Rodgers one day. Um, you know, when he writes his biography or another one, if he doesn't already have one. Uh, th and thanks, Mikhail. I don't get to, I'm not on here enough. You're only a nighttime person and I don't get to see you enough to say thank you for everything you do for, for us at MHH. Keith Brugman says, Scott going to start talking about his MySpace page. I actually was working. The original iteration of, of scout.com was bought by Fox Interactive Media who bought MySpace at the, within all, within a month of each other. So we were all in the same building together out in California. 
and uh, they lost. Facebook, Facebook won that that one. So, <laughs> well, be sure to link me, Scott. I want to add you as a top friend after the show. Yeah, it was. Uh, I tell you what, the, their offices were moved into Beverly Hills, California, and being in the offices with the MySpace crew had some of its advantages. I'll just leave it at that one. Um, as we roll down here, but George Fox comes in. He says, thanks for making it great to be a Broncos fan. Well, that's awfully flattering, George. Um, I think Chad Jensen has built a hell of a enterprise with Mile High Huddle and gives you a variety of different content that hopefully you can find several things that you like because there are many different voices on MHH, Zach. There's enough for everyone. We're like... um... Uh, Baskin Robbins, 23 flavors, is it, or something like that? 24 fl- We have plenty. We, if you don't like chocolate, we have vanilla. If we have Rocky Road, we have mint. Just take your pick. Seven days a week, we have podcasts. We have a lot. I mean, we're doing everything we can. And uh, it's because of people like you, George, and everybody else who tunes in that makes it possible. Yep. So thank you very much. Um, just talking about some of the what they got, uh, the. 31 flavors. Thank you. The trade, the trade return. <laughs> why was it less? And, and, you know, the age was one thing, but, you know, Jesse comes in, he says two years, Rogers is MVP last year. He was bottom of the barrel. And, and this is where I like to say that relativity comes into play. Um, let's look at Aaron Rodgers' bottom of the barrel stats here. Let me, let me look that up real quick. Cause uh, you know, again, his numbers have been so good that what you would consider bottom of the barrel, it's relative again. And last year in 17 games, he threw for um, 3,700 yards, 26 touchdowns against 12 interceptions. So not, again, a big drop off from 37 and four, Man, 37 and four and 48 and five the year before. So there was a big drop off there. So the demand wouldn't be as good. But with 37, where are you last year with 37 yards, 3,700 yards and 26 touchdowns? Where does that put the Denver Broncos? A lot better than five and twelve. Playoffs. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, probably in the playoffs. Um, and who was he throwing defense. to, Scott? He had literally no one talent-wise on offense, like he can get the ball to. And I had those questions last year. I said the two teams I thought that that were getting more hype than they should early on were Green Bay and Miami. And I think Miami played really well, kind of outdid expectations. But Green Bay kind of ended up where I thought they would. Their their entire offensive strategy for the last 10 years seems to be the hell with it. Aaron Rodgers will win it for us. YOLO. You know, so um, that one's a little tough. Chad Beach coming in with some stars. Says Ian and Zach and Scott. Oh, thank you, sir. Says and Broncos country. That's all y'all. Love the pod. Denver Broncos for life and MHH for life. Buck them. Keep up the good work. What position do you guys think we take with the first two picks? Remember I was talking about fatigue earlier. It's 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 I'm just so happy we'll know on Friday who the Broncos will be taking with those picks. I got to think they'll go for the interior, the trenches. Sean Payton has talked about for months now the importance of building up the the hog mollies up front, the offensive and defensive lines. He goes back to the Bill Parcells, you know, foundation where you have to win in the trenches. That's where the game uh, is decided. So I think they're going to grab a center and they're going to grab a defensive lineman in 67 and 68. Could be wrong though. I think you're hoping one of those centers drops down to you again. For me, if I'm, I'm going to kind of flip this question around, Chad. Um, and I mean, Chad Beach, I did get that right on purpose. That's the Zach over here. Um, what one position, if you got 
average to above average level of play would increase would would improve the team the most besides quarterback because if you went from where you were last year at quarterback to above average play at quarterback that improves your team the most you're not changing your quarterback you're locked in you can make changes everywhere else you're not changing your quarterback next year so that one's kind of off the table and for me the answer becomes center if i could get and, and i've used this with saying if i could get a top five player at any position where would he help the most if i could get a top five center and drop him into this team i think that would probably improve this team the most now you can argue edge or opposite corner or wide receiver but for me, you can't say anything on offense because your offense doesn't matter when you're getting blown up right up the middle of the of, of your of your uh, of your lighter scrimmage like you've been the last two years that I've been watching this team. When your center is giving your quarterback lap dances off the snap, nothing else matters. I don't care. I we start talking schemes and backup tackles and should this guy be playing here and what about when Tim Patrick's? I don't care. What about Russell Wilson? It's tough to get a read on Russell Wilson when your offensive line is getting blown up. So improve that. And then let's get a look. Then we can get an honest evaluation. So I'd like it to be one of the centers, but if he's not there, he's not there. The worst thing you can do is reach. Don't reach. Because getting guys that can't play kill your team. And that's how that's how you end up with them is when you reach for them. You're muted. You muted yourself. I was in the middle of telling a good joke too. I, so I was saying a, a Lloyd Cushenberry lap dance, not a lap dance I prefer. So uh, I'll try, try to scrub that from my memory, but you're hundred percent right. They were getting blown back constantly. They were in Russell Wilson's face. He had nowhere to go. If Joe Tipman falls to 67, I am running that draft card up to the podium. Even late fifties. If you're sitting there at 55, you're, you're itching a little bit. You're like, you know what? I'm going to send a 2024 fourth rounder and, and, and 67. And see if I can move up and grab this guy. Um, Taylor Cruzan says, "Hey Zach and Scott, could we get a good undrafted free agency free agent?" Yes. No. You know it's tough. Um, there's early impact guys, but it's hard for seventh rounders to even really make the team if they weren't so cheap. Um, sometimes you can get better undrafted free agents because they can kind of pick and choose. It's for the player itself. It's actually better to be a UDFA than it is to be a draft pick. Because you can choose a situation that you think is best for you. But uh, they're out there, but it is hard. It, it is tough to get one, but not impossible. That's for sure. We mentioned one already. If He might be in the chat. I don't know if it's a troll or impersonator, but if Aiden O'Connell does become a UDFA and the Broncos are sniffing around, then uh, there you go. But they do have, historically, the Broncos, whether it's Elway or George Payton, they do have luck finding someone in the eighth round. So I think you will get someone of a decent value. Gary Palmer comes in and he asks, hey, Zach and Scott, are you guys going to do a mock? No pressure. Go Broncos. I'm always down for doing a mock draft. That'd be up to this guy over here. So. Uh, we have the we could do a mock really quickly if you want, but we have the roundtable taking place, the MHH roundtable taking place tomorrow night on building the Broncos, Gary. So if you want to tune into a more in-depth mock draft, you can tune into that. But we can do a quick one if you want. Yeah, last uh, last ten minutes or so, we can yeah. uh, we can go through. Let me catch up on the chat. There's some super chats coming in, and I usually have them queued up. Um, <laughs> so holy cow. Hey, I heard y'all were talking about me. Oh, why does something tell me if I click on that uh, that profile, it's going to be have created today? Just well, let's let find me, out. <laughs> let me just call it a hit. Let, let me let me see. So that would be my guess. Michaela Parker, 
coming Thank in you, red hot pink. Uh, so they basically first round this year. They basically got a second and turn into a first. A Rod for a second. Heck yeah, uh, yeah. They they that's a good deal. Um, and you know I think the Packers are are pretty happy with what they got in return. A lot of a lot of the Packers fans were ready to move on. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, y'all know how it's how it is. Maybe not quite as much because you've actually won championships. But I watched something similar go along with Matt Ryan. And the longer you're at a place where you end up not winning at all, the less and less support you get. When you are in front of the media as often as Aaron Rodgers is, it gets tiresome. And I know they were ready to move on and uh, pretty happy that they're getting a, a pretty good return out of it, like a big return like we got from you, Michaela. Yeah, thank you, Michaela. And uh, you're right, Scott. I think Rodgers was ready to leave. I think um, – he was desperate to leave. I think the Jets were desperate to acquire him. And when you have desperate people making deals, desperate things happen. So it was a good deal for the Packers to net what they did for a 39-year-old, 40-year-old quarterback. And a good deal for the Jets who overpaid, but not egregiously overpaid. Yeah, um, it's, it should be a good deal for everybody. And it's not – it was such a bad move for Zach Wilson. Can he be salvaged? We'll see. We'll see. That that becomes a big question there. Um, the answer is no. I don't think so either. I just, you know, you don't want to give up. It's been two years. The one that, that just kind of bothers me a little bit is like, you know, and I'm hearing that we could get uh, Trey Lance for a fourth round pick. Should we do it? I'm like, the 49ers going to go from three first rounders to a fourth in a season, you know, in this short of time, I just, I just don't see it. I, I don't see it. So that would be a, a little bit of a, a surprise to me. And I mean, you could get more for Zach Wilson right now. And, and Trey Lance, Zach Wilson was so bad. And the thing that scared me to death about Zach Wilson watching him is he was the worst when he had the most time. That's a bad combination. When he was decent was when he was on the run and just trying to create something and kind of let his natural talent take over because he's pretty mobile. He's got a really good arm. But when he had time to scan and read he was horrendous and that's a scary thought in the nfl yeah, the jury is very much still out on trey lance who i loved coming out of college i think his potential is really really high i don't i agree with you i don't think the niners would you know settle for a mid-round pick on a guy they invested so much in the jury is not to me still out on zach wilson i'm ready to use the b word i was a fan of his as well but you either have it and or you don't and i don't think zach wilson has it yeah, it's I'm I'm with you on that. I just I don't think he's gonna be a big B with a bust. And you're gonna that was such a good draft too. You know, I put up the nineteen eighty nine draft. The nineteen eighty nine draft was kinda helped and I, I didn't wasn't exaggerating, it kinda helped shape my life. I was sixteen years old in eighty nine when the top five picks in the draft were Troy Aikman. Number two was Tony Mandarich, the incredible bulk. You can look him up on the internet because it's the only place you would ever hear from him. Number three was Barry Sanders. Number four was Derek Thomas. And number five was Deion Sanders. Ooh. It's four Hall of Famers in your first five picks. And it kind of helped shape. I'm like, wow, this draft stuff's really cool. <laughs> I really want to keep following this stuff. And I, I did. I started, I started following the draft and doing all those things. That, the draft two years ago may not end up being that good. But there's some players in there, y'all. You got Jamar Chase. You got Patrick Sertan. You got Micah Parsons, Trevor Lawrence. Kyle Pitts could end up being something. And then you're going to have that big asterisk that says, 
who the hell is Zach Wilson? <laughs> that's that's unfortunately what it's going to look at. But Phil comes in with some stars, and he asks, hey, guys, at 67, these guys are available. Who do you pick? Hennon Hooker, Steve Avila, or Jameer Gibbs? That's quarterback Tennessee, offensive guard TCU, or running back Jameer Gibbs. Well, I'm ruling out Hooker. I don't think you take a quarterback that early when you paid two already, including Stidham, uh, who Sean Payton handpicked as well. Gibbs is certainly a lot of teams I read have him as a RB one, because if you use him the right way, he can be a true game changer for you. So he'd be tempting, but do you need, do you need Jam- Jameer Gibbs on the roster? I don't know. Javante will come back. You have P Ryan, you have Tony Jones, some other young players Avila though. He's a guy at a position of need, and you can argue the Broncos don't need a starting guard, but one injury, and who do you have? If Quinn Miners or Ben Powers goes down, who do you really have? If you take Avila, on top of that, you can maybe kick Miners over to center and fill two positions with uh, one stone. So gun in my head, it'd be tempting to take Gibbs, but I think my brain would settle for Avila. The player that helps your team the most earliest is probably Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Steve Avila coming in. He gives you some options at center as well. Maybe you can you can work them in there. Uh, as far as value, I might go Hen and Hooker just because a quarterback. There, these guys are all in the same range. If I wanted to move on from him, maybe I could flip him to trade. The answer on this, Phil, is I don't think any one of those three are going to be available. So it becomes it becomes real easy. I think Steve Avila goes. I think all three of those guys have a chance to go in top fifty. Um, seeing them drop down another twenty spots, I think is is going to be a, a little surprising for me. Yeah, let me amend that by saying if Hendon Hooker is still there, I'm, if I'm George Payton, I am scouring the rest of the league. And if a team is desperate enough to trade up to get Hooker, okay, give me what you got. Yeah. Give me your best offer. Yeah, I might take him and then try and trade him again anyway. You know, because you've got shorter time frames of, you know, what is it, five minutes by the time you get to that right into the third round, maybe seven minutes. You take him and then you you take him in the third on Friday. And then by Saturday, you hear, oh, there's been a trade, you know, of, uh, where they they moved on from Hen and Hooker, but I don't think any of those guys are are going to be there. So um, I'm happy to do a mock draft. We're at 40 minutes. These things take longer than you think because we end up getting a little long winded on these. Zach, yeah, let's do it. Okay, let me. Um, we'll go seven rounds. Let me share my screen over here. Let me slide over just a little bit. I go present, share screen, entire screen this size. I already had a tab open with the simulator on. Imagine that. Um, all rounds. Where are them Broncos here? 67. And I like to go to the public board a little bit more just because I think it comes up as more of a consensus that way. Um, care for provisional value, positional value. Yes, because it does matter. Uh, draft for needs matters less randomness. Sure. Why not? Um, seven. I got them. Let's hit enter draft. And we'll go ahead and we'll hit start. And if only it would seem this fast when we're on the clock that quickly. And look who went at 66, Luke Weipler. Cedric Tillman, a good wide receiver. Um, The depth in this class, there's some really good corners that could be available. Tight end could be available as well. Um, Interior linemen, it gets a little bit dicey. As you go a little bit farther down, there's Tittman at 55. That was who we just talked about. If he's still available in the fifties, I'm talking about maybe making a trade up and I I don't mind using a pick from next year in order to do it. So if he falls that far, I become really, really interested. Um, 
Sharp can just scroll down through C and see if there's any of these names that stick stick out to you. Matthew Bergeron uh-huh. talking about um, some versatile offensive linemen. Darius Rush is a cornerback that was a standout at the Rice. Senior Bowl that I really like. Uh, Rashi Rice, wide receiver. Tucker Craft, Marvin Mims. So there's there's going to be some names that went just ahead of this spot because there's guys that I'm looking for that aren't here. <laughs> and there you go. Like John Michael Schmitz, BJ Ojolari, Luke Musgrave, tight end. Uh, Sam Laporte to Iowa. That's who we took this morning. Keanu Benton, a big interior defensive lineman from Wisconsin. Really good player. Joe Tipman, Jalen Hyatt, a uh, really good wide receiver. So there were some guys that went in there that uh, that came off the board a little early. We get two picks back-to-back, though. That's that's the thing that becomes real interesting, Zach. Well, that is true. Yeah, we, get to, we don't have to worry about players falling off the draft board. I don't know, Scott. I'm kind of torn right now. I like Charbonnet a lot. The Broncos love Rashi Rice. They've worked him out at every stop in the pre-draft process. I like Isaiah Foxy, Fox. Foskey as well. I can never pronounce that correctly. Uh, but Charbonnet, I mean, uh, the uh, tackle, uh, Marvin Mims as well at receiver. I think Mims, in my opinion, is a, or receiver is a little too early. It's a little too early for that. So, oh, probably Bergeron or Charbonnet. What do you think? You don't even have to choose. You can take them both. Um, real quick, I want to hit Michaelish. says, are we having a draft day party? Uh, the, this channel will be live for the entire draft. So that would be the party. If you want to come in and and have it, well, I'm not going to be here. Uh, I don't know that Zach's going to be here, but, uh, Nick will be here. I think Lance and Eric will be here a lot, but while the draft is on mile high huddle will be live. Um, we don't have to choose. That's the nice thing about taking, about doing this right here. We can take Zach Charbonnet at 67 and then you can take Bergeron as well. Um, a couple of the players, if I was your scout near the GM, that I would be pushing you for are Darius Rush, a cornerback that I'd love. Uh, he was at the Senior Bowl and was sticky. Uh, played really well and then goes out and runs like a 4-3-6 with, you know, six foot tall. Really good player. Um, another one that I love and I think people are starting to catch up on is uh, Jonathan Mingo. He's a six foot two, 225-pound, 4-4-6 guy. Uh, and I like the the copycat league. He just he reminds me of the way he moves and the body type of a Cordero Patterson and a Debo Samuel. Get him the ball in the backfield, swing it out, and let him take on cornerbacks. And he's gonna make he's gonna punish some people. But um, Corey Trice as well. I like a, a really good corner too. Like I said, there's corners available here. If you decide, hey, I wanted to go corner, let's go please, rush. If I flip this to cornerback. If I flip this to corner, there's several guys here I, I'd be pretty happy with from Rush, Trice, uh, Garrett Williams is a guy I've, I've seen linked mm-hmm. with, the, with the Broncos a lot. Riley Moss, maybe a little bit later. Um, but I'm, I'm okay with going. We, we, we say that the, the Broncos are have ignored developing offensive linemen for too long. And here's a pretty good one right here in Matthew yeah. Bergeron. Let's go for it. Okay. No more excuses anymore. Enter Mike McGlinchey, enter Matthew Bergeron. Um, but 108, Corey Trice went just a few picks earlier. Uh, big yeah. defensive lineman. There's two Byron Youngs from the SEC. There's an edge and there's a, uh, an interior guy. The interior guy is from Alabama. He goes three bills. And uh, the, the, the Tennessee guy is, uh, is about 260. Um, there's a couple guys I like here as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I like this guy coming in. Uh, somehow, 
I apologize. I'm not nearly as cool as Chad. I don't. I, I can't tell you if I said I miss your Musk to a man. I'd probably break out in a, like an embarrassed sweat. I can't pull off the joke. Just just can't do it. So, uh, hope you're having a good night, on. Chad. Appreciate you coming in with a super, helping to keep the lights on and keep my forehead nice and shiny. Um, and this space is for rent, everybody. So you know I am for sale. So thank you, Chad, and uh, thanks for letting me fill in for you tonight. Such a Chadism, isn't it? Just hopping in with the super, saying I miss your Musk. We miss your <laughs> Musk too, Chad. <laughs> um. Some good players in here. You know, a guy that here, I, I, how much have you seen of Carl Brooks, if anything? A little bit. All right. Well, let, let me let me see if I can bring this up without killing a computer or something. Um, I've got I've got all my video on a on a another hard drive, but it's not a solid state, so it takes a second to spin up when it's been sleeping for a while. So Carl Brooks becomes real interesting to me. This was Senior Bowl, interior lineman. Watch the get-off that he's got. Look at that swim move. Look at the hands. I mean, it's a double swim move. That play is over. I'm sold right there on that play alone, just with the quickness that he has. And he's coming in, interior defensive lineman from Bowling Green, I believe. It doesn't quite sound right. Um, And now I can't find him. I wanted to look up his stats, uh, Carl. The, uh, I think the. What if I deleted him by accident? I think I deleted him from my. Um, <laughs> I deleted the row he was in at the combine. I think the simulator had him listed as an edge. Yeah, but I've got a spreadsheet with all the combine results, and I may have deleted it by mistake. Anyway, but he he had a good day at the combine too. Um, someone definitely to keep an eye on. Someone asked about Hendon Hooker. Is he available? I would say no. Dorian Thompson, Jay Kaner, Clayton Toon. It starts getting real thin. And, and Ryan Powell says Bowling Green. It is Bowling Green. He's he's off my spreadsheet for some reason. I must have meant to hit a Control X or a Control V and deleted it and saved it. I'll have to add him back in there. I thought he was at Bowling Green. Uh, who's available at center? That is a good question coming in from Jesse. Um, I think we've missed on the guys that we wanted, honestly. And there's a guy I like at center that's kind of my cheat code, but he's way down here, Emil Echior. I think we got a chance to get him with our next pick if that's the, a direction we wanted to go. Um, what do you think about Voorhees? I'm not all impressed with him, and he's coming off a knee injury. So yeah. I think this is about where you're interested if he hadn't hurt his knee. It's almost like he started getting more talk after he hurt his knee than beforehand. It's like, oh, that really, really hurt him. No, he, he wasn't that high a prospect to begin with so not for me and of all people you should be tired of picking up guys with injuries I, I am i was just thinking of like drafting him and stashing him for next year but you're right um todd osendorf says come in and need edge yeah you do and it's real hard to get one this late um carl brooks is not an edge byron young is is interesting he's you're you're looking the guys that are super productive and super athletic are gone by the time you're picking 67 they're gone those are first round guys you're looking for traits byron young is big and he's fast he's 25 years old and not all productive why not those are the questions i have if i get an answer to that question that i'm satisfied with i'm okay here carl brooks is an interior guy he's he's pushing three bills KJ Henry doesn't excite me all that much. He's just kind of meh. 
Andre Carter got his ass kicked at Senior Bowl. He was way out of his depth, and he didn't test like you what we were expecting when he got there. Um, Lonnie Phelps is a is a, a good nice quick guy, but this is too early for him. So again, if if you saw an edge you loved in the first couple rounds with your first two picks, that's where you got to go. But it's uh, and and no, I think Yaya's gone, Jesse, because he would have been Yaya Diaby was my cheat code. People are picking up on Yaya Diaby. He is a uh, an edge out of Louisville that I absolutely love. High motor, hell of an athlete, um, and he's going sooner than he was. Used to be able to pick him up as a cheat in like one fifty. Um, watching Brooks, it's a lot more like Draymond Jones than an edge player. I wouldn't mind, but if we're going edge here, I think Byron Young. I want to say the Broncos have expressed interest in him uh, throughout the pre-draft process. I might be wrong, but let's just go with him to fill that need and. Uh, Live to fight another round. Yeah, he was mocked by one of the big mock guys, whether it was Daniel Jeremiah or Jordan Reed or um, the Kuiper McShea group had Byron Young going to uh, to the Broncos. It Maybe makes that's sense. what I was thinking of. It makes sense here. Yeah. Um, so what was interesting to me is kind of the knock on him is that he he wasn't quite good on the on the edge, but he was a really explosive athlete. And I'm like, I'm watching him. I'm like, he's actually decent on the edge. And he's not as explosive as his measurables might think you might think they are so why not again those are the questions i have um round oh man there he goes see when i switch it over to uh average draft position some of my cheat codes like like emil ekior get taken um he'd be a really good a good player to take when you get down to 139 you're just looking for somebody that can make a difference if we hadn't already taken uh, Zach Charbonnet, I might have pushed for Chase Brown here, the Illinois running back. Uh, really good player. Sometimes you can get better talent at positions of non-value because they weren't taken higher because they're positions of non-value. So I can look at guards. I can look at tight ends. I can look at safeties. I can look at running backs. And I can get a pretty good player in those positions later on in the rounds. Um. There's Voorhees again, worth a pick. Olu Olu's okay. I would have rather have had um, uh, Emil Echior, but Olu Olu is a decent center prospect. He played there at the Senior Bowl. Anybody here you're looking for, Zach? I, I, Sean Tucker is really impressed. We took Charbonnet already, but Sean Tucker, I do like a lot. He had his pro day today. I think he did like 29 bench press reps at 5'10". The guy has a freaking tank, but you got to address the interior line here. Juice Scruggs, what a great name out of Penn State. I'm okay going Olu Watami. Just or Olu, you... Olu. <laughs> Olu Olu. Okay, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, Olu Olu. Just like the the uh, the kid from Northwestern is Ade Ade. Um I don't mind taking I don't mind taking this one here. And again, this is why I I don't like taking running backs that high. I've got a big discussion going on. Bijan Robinson, where do you take him? I'm like, you can get good running backs in the third, fourth, and fifth. Why do I want to spend a first rounder on a running back? Um, and a question that just came in. Uh, Steven asks, when will the schedule for 2023 came out come out? I think that comes out uh, it was like May 7th to 11th somewhere in that neighborhood last year I looked it up um so in a few weeks and after that we will talk about the meet and greet that we will have so that will that will come to um Colby Wooden's okay Mitchell Gaines Gaines tested really well out of UCLA um let me look that one up because I if I remember right Don Gaines six foot four three oh three 
34 inch arms, 50140, 445 shuttle. My goodness. 731 Elcone, 32 and a half inch vertical leap. I'd be interested in this guy just purely for the the uh, the athletic traits that he has that I can get in the what fifth. I'd rather have him at the athlete over someone like Olu Olu. Let's do it. All right, there we go. Dressing needs one need at a time. And they did put center there. I feel like they didn't have center there before, as far as needs went. I feel like that's a, a recent addition. And then with our final pick. We're just looking for players. Interior line. Jared Clark's a good player. I just think he uh, was, was a little out of shape, but you know, you're in the sixth round here. Um, pay, hey, oh, Durham. goodness. How did he fall that far? I think let's we're go. done here. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's it. Payne Durham. That's great. Uh, Payne Durham fell all the way this far, and uh, I'm, I'm taking him. Let me show you. Payne Durham is a big athletic target. I'm going to show you some Payne Durham video while that thing is doing its, while the PFS simulator is doing its thing. Uh, some of y'all have seen this before. I've got it on my YouTube channel. We'll come back to this draft. So um, momentarily, and it doesn't tell me which is which. I've already watched that one. So I'm going to um, big target. Just come out here on a little circle route and then throw it up. Big guys are always open. And... I like that they did it to you, but he looks out for Falcons run. No, 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 not you. Give it to that guy. Boom. Um, he, just look at the catch radius on someone like this and tell me you wouldn't love to be able to throw. Here's lineup as a big slot. Look at the catch radius on Payne Durham. You know, and then who's going to want to hit that guy? You know, when he's, he's coming in. He came into the combine. 6'5 and 5'8, 253. Uh, four eight seven, you know, which is at six at two hundred sixty pounds is plenty with a thirty five inch vertical leap, with a catch radius like that, and just burying guys, blocking out of the backfield, too. yeah, and just and just burying guys. Uh, he's coming out of the slot here again. Just, you know, six round, that becomes real easy for me. <laughs> you put him, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick on the field together in the red zone. I mean, good luck stopping that. That's a great value pick, I believe, for Denver. Yeah. So, uh, we got we got a decent grade. From uh, from them, uh, let's see what they give us overall. B plus. Oh, Zach Starbucks pick got an A minus. Ma Matthew Bergeron B plus. Byron Young A minus. John Gaines uh, was a C minus. I'm okay with that. And, and Payne Durham as an A as an A pick. Um, where's he? He ranks 174 on the big board, and we got him at 195. Again, this is the last time I think you're gonna have to do this, Zach. <laughs> yeah, but if the it's first the last time, time the we ended up draft, on a good I think you did. So uh, we're at 56 minutes already, my friend. So it's about time to call it a night. Yes, sir. Are you going to miss the mock draft season? No, not at all. And Michael Kerr is saying he looks mad slow, but this is the thing, Michael, George, uh, George Payton. Sean Payton likes his tight ends. I think Mike Kliss put it best today or yesterday on Twitter. The in shorts and curly hair, the Greg Dulcich, it's good on paper, but it's not the nitty gritty type of tight end that Sean Payton likes. He likes the hand in the dirt, the Chris Manhurts types, the big blocking extra offensive line types. And that's what um, Durham could be. So if they go with that pick, I would not hate it at all. No. And, and again, when you're 260 pounds, four, eight fast enough, would I love him to be running four sixes? Sure. Um, but again, I don't, I don't need him to get 40 yards downfield. I just need him six yards downfield and, and find him yeah. and let him let somebody try and bring 260 pounds of Payne Durham down while he drags him for a first down. 
You need that guy that can move the chains. You need the we hear him talk about the safety blanket. Who, who's the safety blanket in this offense? Who am I looking for when it's third and six and something breaks down? The six six guy in the middle with a catching radius that's like a pterodactyl. In the sixth, yeah. I'm not saying he's coming in and he's gonna set the world on fire, but in the sixth round, pretty happy as uh is that uh, with, with that type of value. Yeah, if that was the last mock draft pick I had to make before the actual draft, I'm very happy with that pick. So that was a special edition of the MHH podcast featuring our producer, Scott Kennedy. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, myself at Kelberman NFL, and the aforementioned Scott at Scout Kennedy. Note the difference there. If you haven't, Go to MHHmerch.com and check out some of our wide-ranging inventory featuring Buckham merchandise and so on and so forth. And also, go to Facebook.com slash Pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. On Instagram, if you're there, follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest and our Deacon Scott a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please... Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Just like Michael Ranquillo coming in with 5,000 stars Ooh, to close us you, out Michael. on the night. Big stars. It shows up. I, I, I want to stream, StreamYard does a good job with this, but they do a better job of showing YouTube than they do Facebook. And we get all kinds of graphics and stuff on Facebook. The Facebook users know what, what Michael Ranchio just did. I want everybody else to know what he just did for us too, which is coming in with 5,000 stars. Thank you. I will quote Chad here by saying you're a prince and uh, you mean a lot to the, to us in this community. So thank you so much, Michael. And we always enjoy your musk, Michael. So definitely appreciate it. Uh, any last words, Scott? That was it. I wanted to make sure before you, you signed us out, I wanted to say thank you to Michael. We will be back. Nick and I will be back tomorrow morning on Broncos for Breakfast. We'll run another one of these. We'll run another mock. It's uh, we've only got a few more days to just just get all the blood we can out of that stone before uh, the before the draft comes out. So thanks for having me tonight. Thank you, uh, MHH family. I, I enjoyed being here this evening on the MHH pod. And if you want to tune into the uh, annual War Room MHH mock draft, it's happening tomorrow night on the Building the Broncos. You'll see your favorite draft analysts there. Will, meaning Chad and I, I believe we'll be back on Thursday night. Same time, same place. We'll see That's you the there, draft, dude. Oh, we will be there then. So we'll for see you then. Yeah, you'll be there. You'll be there. For I the think the Broncos will have a first round pick. I don't even think it starts Thursday in my mind. To me, it starts <laughs> Friday and ends Saturday. So we'll see you on draft night on Thursday. Take care. And as always, come on, Scott. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.